This is episode 157 of the Midnight Cinephile Podcast. I'm your host, West Nations, broadcasting live from the Universal Joint down here in Texas. And this is a special edition of the podcast because I wanted to get nostalgic with the Super Scope Storyteller books and cassette tapes. You see, back when I was a kid, I had these cassette tapes that I would listen to that were short stories of famous fairy tales. These cassette tapes typically came with an animated book where you could follow along with the story. I do believe they were produced in the 60s and 70s. And who knows, maybe you had some too when you were a kid. So if you like to use your imagination and listen to short stories, well this is an episode for you. Kick back and enjoy the Super Scope Storytellers of The Wizard of Oz and Jack and the Beanstalk. The Super Scope Storyteller presents The Wizard of Oz. Once there was a girl named Dorothy. She lived with her parents in the heart of the great Kansas prairies. One day, Dorothy and her dog Toto were playing inside the house, while her parents were busily plowing the fields outside. Suddenly, there appeared a large cyclone that picked the house right up off its foundation with Dorothy and Toto still inside. It carried them high into the sky, and after several days, the house landed with a crash. Dorothy walked to the door, and much to her surprise, she was in a strange land. Standing before her was a crowd of little people. They were all dressed in blue with long pointed hats. The dwarfs seemed very happy to see Dorothy, who now spoke to their leader. Who are you? We are the Munchkins, and we would like to thank you for destroying the Wicked Witch of the East. Now only one evil witch remains. What do you mean? I have not destroyed anyone. The little man pointed to the corner of the house, and there, sticking out from under the large beam, were two feet in silver shoes. Your house came crashing down right where the witch was standing, and now she will bother us no more. <laughs> the munchkins explained that they had been the witch's slaves for many years. Today, however, Dorothy had rid them of the witch, and they were at last set free from her evil spell. Then the leader presented Dorothy with the silver shoes that the Wicked Witch was wearing. These shoes are yours now. I am not certain, but I have heard there is some magic connected to them. Dorothy thanked him and put the shoes on. They fit her perfectly. Then she asked the crowd if they knew how she could get back to Kansas. Since no one had ever heard of Kansas, they could not answer her question. But one of the munchkins had a wonderful idea. Perhaps the Wizard of Oz would be able to help you. They told Dorothy of the great wizard who lived in the city of Emeralds and how he performed magic with his great powers. When Dorothy asked how she could find the city of Emeralds, the munchkins answered by singing a merry song. The crowd led Dorothy to the road paved with yellow bricks. 
She turned to wave goodbye and skipped happily down the road with Toto running alongside. After she had traveled for several miles, Dorothy stopped to rest. She sat up on a fence which was next to a cornfield, and not far away was a scarecrow. It had been placed on a pole to frighten away the birds. At that moment, Dorothy heard a voice. Good day. Dorothy was surprised and turned toward the scarecrow. Did you speak? Certainly. How do you do? They introduced themselves, and the scarecrow explained that he had been stuffed with straw and had no brains and wished for some. Dorothy told him of the wizard and invited him to join her and Toto. The scarecrow accepted, and they were off together down the yellow brick road. Soon they came to a patch of trees, and as they walked by, they heard a noise. In the midst of the trees was a man made of tin. He stood motionless with an axe in his hand. Dorothy walked up to him and looked closely at his face. Did you say something? Yes, I did. Please bring me some oil. Dorothy found some oil and oiled the tin man from head to toe. When he was able to move, the tin man bowed and thanked her. He explained that he had been out chopping down trees some time ago when it suddenly started to rain. Before the tin man could get out of the rain, he had rusted so badly he could not move. I would have stayed here forever if you hadn't come along. Say, where are you going? Dorothy told him of the wizard, and the tin man was very curious. Do you suppose the wizard could give me a heart? It was stolen by a tin girl that I love very much, and I'm lonely without it. The two others agreed that it was possible, and so the tin man joined them on the journey to see the great Wizard of Oz. They traveled for many miles and finally came to a thickly wooded forest. Suddenly there was a loud roar from the forest and the next moment a fierce lion leaped onto the road. With one swoop of his paw he sent the scarecrow sailing through the air. Then he jumped on the tin man knocking him over. Little Toto however was not afraid. He ran toward the lion barking as loudly as he could. The great beast opened his mouth ready to bite the dog, when Dorothy rushed forward and punched the lion right in the nose. You big beast! You ought to be ashamed of yourself trying to bite a poor little dog. The lion rubbed his nose with his paw. <laughs> I didn't bite him. No, but you tried to. You are nothing but a big coward. <laughs> I know it, and I've always been a coward, but I can't help it. Dorothy couldn't resist feeling sorry for the beast. Please don't cry. I'm sorry I hit you. I just can't understand how a great lion like you could be a coward. The lion explained that he was born that way, and all his life he had wished more than anything to have courage so he could be what the other animals expected the king of beasts to be. Dorothy told him of the wizard. 
and how he might be able to give the lion his courage. So the lion joined them on their journey down the yellow brick road. One of the yellow brick road, that is what many are told. To find the wonderful wizard, you must follow the yellow brick road. La 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 la, la 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 la, la 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 la. At last they came to Emerald City. It was the most beautiful place that any of them had ever seen. The streets were lined with green marble houses set with sparkling emeralds, and the people were all dressed in green. Dorothy and her friends came to the Palace of Oz, the Great Wizard. They walked up to the soldier at the door and asked to see the wizard. He led them into a large round room, and they were greeted by a little man dressed in a long green robe. He was seated upon a green marble throne and nodded his head as he spoke. I am Oz, the great wizard. Why have you come here? I want to go back home to Kansas. I would like some brains. I need a heart. <laughs> and I want courage. The wizard solemnly told the four that he could not help them unless they brought him the ring from the finger of the remaining evil witch, the Wicked Witch of the West. Then the soldier returned and escorted the group to the front door. There they asked him how they could find the Wicked Witch of the West. The soldier warned them that all those who attempted to see the Wicked Witch never returned. Finally, after realizing that his advice would not be heeded, he told them how to find the Wicked Witch. Follow the road to the west, and it will take you to her castle. They thanked him and headed toward the west. They ran as fast as they could, and soon the Emerald City was far behind. Dorothy, the lion, and Toto were very tired from running, and decided to rest. They laid down on the soft grass, and in no time at all were fast asleep while the Tin Man and the Scarecrow stood guard. Now the Wicked Witch of the West had only one eye, but it was as powerful as a telescope and could see anywhere. She saw Dorothy and her friends and noticed the silver shoes on Dorothy. Then she summoned her slaves, the winged monkeys. Capture the girl and bring her here to me. Those silver shoes are magic and I want them. The winged monkeys took to the sky. There were so many of them that the sky was darkened as they flew toward Dorothy and her friends. The Tin Man was the first to see them. The winged monkeys! Quick! We must run and hide! But it was too late. Suddenly, the monkeys were upon them. The lion, the scarecrow, and the Tin Man fought a fierce battle. But it was no use. There were too many monkeys. Finally, the monkeys picked up Dorothy, who was holding Toto in her arms, and flew back to the castle. The Wicked Witch was there waiting when they arrived. Give me those silver shoes! No! They are mine! The witch had her slaves hold Dorothy while she tried to remove the shoes, but they would not come off. Then she realized that since they were magic shoes, they could only be removed if Dorothy wished them to be. If you do not give me those shoes, 
I will destroy your dog! The old lady reached for Toto, who immediately bit her on the hand. Ow! You'll pay for this, you bad dog! I'll be back in one hour. If by then you do not give me those shoes, you will never see your dog again. One hour passed and the witch returned, but she was not aware that the lion, the scarecrow, and the tin man had climbed over the wall outside. Once again she asked for the shoes and Dorothy refused. The witch's slaves were about to reach for Toto when the lion sprang through the window with a great roar. The witch pointed at the lion. Seize him! Three of the winged monkeys jumped at the lion, but he knocked them all down with one blow from his paw. The witch grabbed a torch from the wall and was about to set the lion's bushy tail on fire when Dorothy grabbed a pail of water nearby and threw it on the witch. Instantly, the woman gave a loud cry and began to shrink away. Soon she was gone, and the creatures of the castle were happy because they were finally set free from the witch's spell. Dorothy and her friends said farewell to the creatures of the castle, and they returned to the Wizard of Oz. When they were once again in the great room, the wizard spoke to them. I am pleased to see you. Do you have the witch's ring? Yes, great wizard. Not only do we have the ring, but we have destroyed the wicked witch as well. <laughs> they were surprised to see the little man climb down from his throne and joyously dance about. The news of the wicked witch's death quickly spread throughout Emerald City, and there was great merriment and rejoicing. Then, Oz called Dorothy and her friends in to grant their wishes. First, he took the scarecrow and filled his head with pins and needles. This will make you very sharp indeed. Next, he took a heart-shaped clock from off his wall and placed it inside the Tin Man. You have a heart now. Just listen to it tick. Then Oz had the lion drink a saucer of sour-tasting green liquid. You were brave to drink that. It is what I call real courage. And now it is inside you. How do you feel? Uh, full of courage. Finally came Dorothy's turn. Oz smiled as he spoke to her. Young lady, you could have gone back to Kansas long ago had you realized the magic you possessed. What do you mean? Those silver shoes you are wearing will return you to your home. All you need to do is click your heels together three times and command the shoes to take you home. Dorothy cried as she kissed her friends goodbye. Then she picked up Toto and clicked the heels of her shoes together three times. Take me back to Kansas! Quickly, Dorothy was back home and in front of the new farmhouse her father had built. Her parents came running out to greet her, and they were very happy that she was alive and well. Dorothy was glad to be back with her parents, but realized that she would never be able to forget her wonderful adventures in the land of Oz.
the Storyteller presents Jack and the Beanstalk. There once lived a boy named Jack. He and his mother were very poor. All they had in this world was a cow, which they milked every single day. Every day after milking, she would say to Jack, Take the milk into town, sell it to the general store, and bring back the money to me. This money was all they had to buy the things they needed for their food and clothing. One morning, the cow stopped giving milk, and Jack said, Mother, the cow has run dry. We will have to sell her. Then sell her and bring home the money. So Jack went to town to sell the cow in the market. On the way to town, he met an old man. Good day, young man. What a fine cow you have there. Do you want to sell her? Yes, sir. Do you want to buy her? I do. How much money are you going to give me? Oh, I have something much better than money. He showed Jack five beans and told him they were magic beans. At first, Jack did not want to trade the cow. But then the old man told him that the beans would grow very big in one day and bring a lot of money. So Jack agreed. The old man took the cow and gave Jack the magic beans. Jack ran home to tell his mother the good news. Mother, mother, look what I got for our cow. You are a good boy, Jack. Now give me the money. Jack showed her the beans, and his poor mother became very angry. She went to get a paddle to punish him. Mother, but they are magic beans! But his mother would not listen to him. She spanked him, threw the beans out of the window, and sent Jack to bed without supper. He was a very unhappy little boy. The following morning, when Jack woke up, the room looked funny. The sun was shining through one window, but the other window was full of green leaves. Jack ran to the window. What a surprise! There, outside in the yard, was a great big beanstalk. It reached all the way up into the sky. Jack now knew that they were really magic beans. He ran outside and jumped onto the beanstalk and started to climb up the beanstalk. Higher and higher he went until he came to the sky. There he saw a long road that seemed to go on and on. Jack started to walk. He walked and walked until finally he came to a very large house. He found a crack under the big door, crept underneath, and found himself in a big hall. Just as he was going to walk to the next room, he heard a loud noise. Clump, clump, clump. Suddenly, he saw two big feet coming down the hall. They belonged to the bad giant Bobo, who lived in the house. Bobo did not like little children. He could even smell little children when any of them were nearby. He sniffed and said, Fee, 
fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll have his bones to grind my bread. His wife quickly came out of the kitchen and said, Bobo, there's nobody around here. Maybe it's something I am cooking. Oh, no, it's not. I know I smell the blood of a little boy. Just then, the wife noticed Jack, who was hiding in the corner. She was a kind woman and motioned to Jack to stay hidden. But he peeked around the corner and watched the giant. The giant sat down and ate his breakfast. Then he took two bags of gold coins and began to count them. Soon he became very sleepy. His head was nodding, and he began to snore so loudly that it sounded like thunder. Quickly, Jack came out of his hiding place, grabbed a bag of gold coins, and ran as fast as he could to the beanstalk. But the bag of gold was so heavy that he dropped it, and it fell down and down, spilling the coins into his mother's garden. It looked as if it was raining gold coins in the garden. Quickly, Jack climbed down the beanstalk and soon was home again. Mother, mother! He cried. Look what I have brought you! She came running out of the house and was very excited when she saw all that money. Jack, you are a wonderful son. I am sorry I spanked you. They took the money and bought many, many things. One day, all the money was gone, and Jack said to his mother, Mother, I'll go up the beanstalk again and see what I can find. And up he went once more. At last he came to the road he had been on before and found the giant's house. In front of the house stood the giant's wife. Please... Jack begged. I am so hungry. Could you please give me something to eat? Since Jack had on different clothes from the last time, the woman didn't recognize him. She took him inside and gave him his breakfast. But soon the clump, clump, clump was heard again. And there came the giant. The woman hid Jack in the oven. And everything that happened the last time happened again. The giant started to say, Fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. But his wife said, Oh, don't be so silly. And he sat down and ate his breakfast. <laughs> After breakfast, he said, Woman, Bring me my hen that lays golden eggs. She brought him the hen, and the giant said, Lay! The hen laid a sparkling golden egg. The giant became sleepy again, and his head began to nod. Soon he was snoring so loudly that the house was shaking. Jack jumped out of the oven, 
grabbed the hen and started running. But the hen was so surprised at being suddenly taken away that she started to cluck and woke up the giant. Wife, what did you do with my hen? But Jack just kept on running and quickly climbed down the beanstalk. Mother, mother, look what I got this time. He showed her the hen and said, Lay! Promptly, the hen laid another golden egg. They had money again, but Jack just could not forget about the beanstalk. One day, he decided to go up again. When he got to the giant's house, he became a little frightened. What if they recognized him? But the giant's wife was very friendly. She fed him again, and when the giant came, she hid him in a copper pot. The giant said, Fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. There you go again, smelling things that are not there. Eat your breakfast, dear. So the giant sat down and ate his breakfast. Jack watched him from under the lid of the copper pot. After breakfast, the giant said, Woman, bring me my magic harp. She brought him the harp and set it on the table. The giant barely touched the harp when it started to play. The music was so beautiful, it filled the whole room with sound like the ripple of a stream. At last, the giant became sleepy. His head nodded, and he snored again very loudly. Quick as a wink, Jack jumped out of the pot, crept over to the table, and climbed up the table leg. Quietly, he grabbed the harp. But as soon as he touched it, it started calling out, Master! Master! And woke up the giant. He could just see Jack running around the corner with a magic harp. The giant ran after him, but he had eaten so much breakfast that he could not run as fast as Jack. The harp kept calling, Master! Master! Jack climbed down the beanstalk, and the giant followed. He was so heavy that the beanstalk swayed from side to side as if it would break. When Jack got to the bottom, he took an axe and quickly chopped down the beanstalk. The giant fell to the ground, and that was the end of him. Then Jack showed his mother the magic harp. He touched it, and it played and played. Jack and his mother were very happy then. They would sit and listen to the harp, and even the hen would sway back and forth with the sound of the beautiful music. One evening, they heard a loud moo outside, and there was the cow Jack gave away for the magic beans. She had come home to stay, and they all lived happily ever after. Ha, 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 